Welcome to our show, Friday Facts, AI and the post-COVID world. Together with our guests, Nancy Nemesh and myself, Victoria Brandtauer, will give you a refreshing point of view on our future world. This is going to be fun. Enjoy! Good afternoon, happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Friday Facts. This is an initiative of Miss AI and Humanize. Uh, and it is sponsored by Nemesh Ventures. I am Nancy Nemesh, and uh, one of my passions is to provide diverse interdisciplinary bridges to help people activate their AI mindset. Uh, we are proposing basically uh, two things, three things, uh, in fact. We uh, wanted to put together a series of 30 minutes online chats where you have a chance to ask questions and talk with us basically uh, but because it's such a short time it's gonna be please put your questions in uh, in the chat and victoria will give you some uh, more details on that uh, the most important aspect is we want to um, talk with experts from various disciplines about the impact of artificial intelligence in a post-covid world uh, as we all get ready to hopefully come back into a more uh, regular uh, uh, life, uh, we are trying to um, uh, get people together from across disciplines. Uh, some of the big areas that are very, very impacted right now by the pandemic are education, transportation, healthcare, as well as government. So we, we're trying to provide also insights into decision-making, culturally aware ethics. So you will see a number of experts every week starting today. Uh, and I would like to turn back to uh, very quickly introduce Megan Scheible, who is our first guest today. Megan is the Chief Operating Officer at Reactor Education, and uh, they are working to make the world-famous course Elements of AI available to everyone worldwide. In just a few minutes, uh, Megan will talk about that and will give us some very, very strong facts around uh, the importance of artificial intelligence in education and also specifically in a pandemic time. So we're going to start with about 10 minutes, Megan uh, talking. Um, Victoria, who is uh, my partner and uh, our Miss AI ambassador, as well as a marketing, uh, digital marketing expert, will uh, just walk you through very quick uh, few details and then we'll turn over to Megan for 10 minutes and then you can all ask your questions. Thank you, Nancy. Also a very warm welcome from my side. I'm Victoria and I'm so happy to be your co-host today. Our agenda for the next 30 minutes, well, we are already in the middle of it. I'm in a few moments done with our short introduction um, and then I'll hand over to, to Megan. She's covered our topic of today. It's all about education in a post-COVID world. And of course, after that, there will be enough time for your most pressing questions. I'm here for you, so please use the chat for your questions and comments. Just feel free to share your thoughts and I'll hand them over to Megan, of course. Great! And now, please, Megan, the stage is yours. All right. Thank you so much and thank you for uh, having me today. So, I had a thought about um, just this entire um, 
uh, uh, talk today in general about trying to tie in what we're doing uh, with COVID-19. And obviously, you know, anyone's uh, business, regardless of what you're, you're, you're doing in your careers right now, we're all thinking about how this is going to be impacting our, our field. So Reactor itself, uh, the company that I work for, is actually a technology consulting firm. So we have about... Uh, almost 600 employees and offices around the world, and we, we typically consult on um, technology projects. So we help to uh, we help companies digitize and and really you know future proof themselves, and, and that's what we do anyway. My division focuses on online education, and that's that really. Um, was something that was born out of the success of this project that we had called Elements of AI. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about what that is now and, and thinking about the, the course in general and everything that we're trying to do in a sort of post-COVID-19 uh, context. So uh, Elements of AI is an online course that is free that was designed that was launched in May 2018 uh, by Reactor and uh, the University of Helsinki in Finland. And so they're both uh, headquartered in, in Helsinki. And the objective of the course originally was to educate 1% of the population of Finland on the basics of AI. And the course itself was specifically designed for people that are left out of technology discussions. So of those, you know, 98% of us out there who don't know how to code, who are not in these fields, we're constantly being bombarded in the media and in uh, all sorts of places throughout our lives about AI and how it's going to impact us. There's some fear mongering out there. There's some misinformation out there. And for people that are completely outside of this field, it can feel really overwhelming. Um, and, and we really wanted to kind of address that head on. So the way that we did that uh, as the technology company coming into this project was we, we kind of, since we didn't have that education background, we came in this with um, open eyes to sort of develop something that was a best in class product for the end user. And we ended up having focus groups of people from demographic groups that we wanted to target. So uh, specifically women um, and, and, and people that are left out of technology, uh, people that um, might have been older and didn't understand this in the first place. And we asked them how they felt about AI and how they felt about the way that AI was being talked about. And then we also asked them why they might want to learn about it. Mm -hmm. And everything was sort of uh, designed around that. Uh, and the course itself uh, was written by uh, Professor Temu Rus, mm -hmm. who is from the computer science department at the University of Helsinki. And he worked with us um, every step of the way on this project. So it made it a really unique collaboration between the public and private sector in that regard. Um, so the course itself, six chapters of it, where we talk about the basics of AI in the first chapter, what it is and what it isn't. Then there are four chapters that talk about um, different types of applied AI and increasing complexity, the fields of them, but always using real life examples that average people would be able to relate to and learn about. So when we talk about search algorithms, we talk about, you know, the map apps on your phone. When we talk about uh, algorithmic bias, we talk about news feeds on social media. Uh, when we talk about things like, um, Machine learning, we give some real-life examples of that as well. Computer vision with self-driving cars, all the things that people would be able to relate to. These are the examples we use. And then the last chapter, we talk about the implications, now that you know all of these basics, on your life. Um, and also, uh, for business people, thinking about how this can impact their businesses. Um, so that's the basic premise of the, of the course itself. But the important thing is that we set out to have this mission 
uh, now worldwide that we want to empower and make people not feel threatened uh, by AI. So that's everything that, that we really try to do now. We've educated almost 3% of the Finnish population. Uh, we're now uh, rolling out the course uh, across Europe. So that is in conjunction with the European Commission, and it was a, a gift made possible by the Finnish Office of the European Presidency. Uh, which ended in, uh, in, in the end of 2019. So that was given as a gift to the rest of the EU. And my team in Helsinki now is working to translate this. Uh, so it's been translated by the European Commission into every European official European language, and it will be launched for every single country across Europe, uh, free yeah. to all citizens. So that's something to look forward to. Um, you know, the, the big thing about this is that there was a grassroots movement around it that people really gravitated towards. And even the OECD said that this is something that, you know, is really an example of why Finland is going to succeed in the 21st century, uh, that, that it's a grassroots movement that tests ideas for making society run better. But how does this relate to the post-COVID-19 world? I started to think about this as well, and in education in general, uh, we're seeing the trend that this is an explosion in online education. There's literally uh, a few thousand courses that have now been made freely available online, and universities uh, across the world are putting more and more courses online right now as a sort of emergency response to what's going on with COVID-19. So that is an upward trend that we're seeing. Um, and, and we really feel that, that this is fitting in perfectly with that, and we're, we're building new things to address it. But AI specifically, um, if you think about what's going on in the world right now with, uh, with COVID-19, you're seeing uh, two things. One, for people that are you know, just living in their everyday lives, so general people. And the second thing is for, is for businesses. So what, what COVID-19 has done is it's actually shown that it's exacerbated existing problems that have already kind of existed in society in general. So one example you can think of, you know, I'm an American coming from, from the States. I'm looking at what's going on over there. Millions of people have lost their jobs. Well, that's something that's happening everywhere. But in the States, if that's attached to their medical insurance, that's highlighting a problem that's already existed underneath and, and made it kind of come to the fore. If you think about this in the terms of AI, what we're seeing is a spike in people globally going and spending more time online and doing more things online than ever before. So for an average person, this means that they are sharing more of their personal data in ways that they might not understand the implications of more than ever before. And it also means that certain companies now with this explosion of people online might be able to exploit that in ways that, that might not be the best. Um, and the other thing to think about is that SMEs themselves, SMEs and startups, which make up a huge portion uh, of the economy, are also really suffering right now. And they could really use tips and tricks to understand how they can utilize AI better than ever before to move their businesses uh, into a digital format um, and to really uh, exploit the kinds of things that these larger companies are able to already with a, found, a foundation of, of AI and how it works works. So with elements of AI, the course really does that on a very basic level. Um, and the next thing that we have coming out right now is a SQL follow-up course called Building AI that's actually going to be aimed at um, helping people understand how algorithms work and start to build machine learning models. And what that makes that course different than all the other ones that exist online is that it comes in three levels. And the first level is people that don't know how to code. 
So don't know how to code, learning to code, and then know Python. So that people even who don't know how to code are gonna be able to start to see how they can utilize these things using real life business examples in their, in their own context. Uh, and we're also looking at new courses now um, that deal with uh, things like AI for business for SMEs uh, and AI for the built environment uh, and, and helping really people understand more and more how these things are, are coming into effect. So this is something called a smart prison project in Finland. Um, and now elements of AI is part of that. So we're educating uh, prisoners on the basics of AI skills. If any of you have ever read, um, you know, uh, 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 books about algorithmic bias uh, or, or anything like that, you know that this is, this is a huge area, um, particularly when you're using AIs, uh, AI for uh, algorithms for sentencing and things like that, but also teaching prisoners the, new, the skills they need to go into a modern uh, job environment. And again, this is something that's more important now than ever. Um, if we're thinking about, again, exacerbating uh, the bias that exists already with, with AI now that there's more people uh, involved in it, all those old um, symptoms of that problem are already there, are still there. So the lack of diversity in people who actually know how to build and practice AI, who are building the tools that we uh, that we all interact with, that's still a problem. Uh, and we think that now is a more important time than ever to have people that are coming from uh, non-traditional backgrounds uh, uh, and, and and more diverse backgrounds to be a part of building that AI. So this is really. Um, uh, again, uh, what we're what we're looking at now, uh, and with the, with our kind of educational approach, making it extremely approachable, uh, extremely uh, conversant in the uh, uh, copywriting and in the in the images that people are interacting with. Everything that we do is mobile first, so that people can take the courses on their bus ride to work. Uh, they're really breaking down the barriers to entry here uh, for subjects that are otherwise extremely intimidating and confusing, and. Do doing it in a way now that since people are spending most, more of their free time online and educating themselves in their free time, making it actually fun uh, and in a way that, that is approachable to these people is similar to other apps that they're already using. So that's what we do um, and we're continuing to build on that. And I just, you know, thank you guys so much for the opportunity to talk about it today. And I really look forward to having a, a further discussion with you now. So thank you. Thank you, Megan. That was very yeah, valuable for us. And there are already some questions coming up. So um, one of the main problems maybe could be that there are still people who aren't using um, the internet that much. So what are you doing with the so-called offliners? That's what Daisy wants to know. Mm. Yes, that's a, I mean, that's a very good question. And, you know, we're not, uh, there, there's not really anything that, that we can do within the scope of, of, of my team now to sort of attract new people online. But what we can say is what we do put, uh, what we do put out there uh, is something that is deliberately meant to attract people that would otherwise not be doing this sort of thing. So the statistics that we're seeing with elements of AI really belie that we were building for that purpose. We have over 40% of the course takers are women and that's almost 50% in Nordic countries, which is over two and a half times the number, uh, the percentage of, of women taking a computer science course more than any other computer science course online in the world. So that's a huge leap. And the other thing is to say that uh, almost 30% of our course takers are over the age of 45, and many have never taken an online course before. When you start to look at um, 
people that might be in developing countries who have not maybe had the access to be online. Uh, statistically, uh, they are getting online more and more using their mobile devices. So having things that are mobile friendly, so we don't use videos in our online courses like many others do, so it's a lower bandwidth. Um, and, and these things really help uh, uh, the accessibility uh, for, for courses that are being taken where people access the internet more and more, which is on these, uh, these mobile devices. Thank you. There's um, another one from Ella. I'll just read it out for you. In terms of data and privacy, I think this is a huge topic and a difficult problem to solve that does not necessarily imply AI, but rather the lack of knowledge in general of working online and digital. So the question is, would AI be able to detect these flaws and maybe warn the user? Ooh, um, I think, yeah, I'll let somebody, uh, Nancy or somebody, uh, to, to take that one first. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, so really in terms of data and privacy, um, I think uh, a lot of these things will uh, get crystallized also thanks to the COVID issue because people now realize well, we had this conversation before, uh, how do I want to share my data and, and what do I want? How, how can I keep in control over my data? So there are a couple of key elements. These companies, be it elements of AI or all the big companies that are doing AI today, uh, they need to be extremely transparent in how they use people's data. And you've seen a, a number of issues uh, created by lack of transparency. So I think these flaws, uh, indeed, you, you have to be transparent and you have to have a warning system in place to let people know uh, this is how we use your data. But you see in the COVID world, now that governments want to use data to support a humanitarian cause, um, the question arises, of course, around, um, you know, uh, what type of data, how do, how do we anonymize data, and uh, how do we ensure um, a full transparency at government level, at business level, and at personal level. Level. So it's a huge conversation where we need all the bodies to work together, be it privacy, policymakers, be it governments, be it universities and academia, be it all the experts as well as the businesses, put all the heads together. And I believe this is why it's a very important way to have this kind of bridge for dialogue between everybody. Something that we also try to do here with uh, Miss AI as well is to bridge the conversation between all the constituencies. And I do think that this is something that, that, you know, part of this course and the movement is trying to empower average people to be able to have these kind of, that this kind of voice. You are seeing the effect of that exactly as Nancy said in this, in this COVID situation. So I didn't want to mention uh, Zoom as the story that's been going around right now because we're all on Zoom. But actually what happened uh, when that story blew up about data privacy and some of the problems that Zoom was having with this explosion of users, the company immediately put out press releases saying that they are putting all of their efforts in the next 30 days to do nothing else in the backlog other than solving this problem and made immediate changes to mitigate what was a demand directly from their consumers. I see Ella has put a comment here where she says I was surprised and it's true people will be willing to share data if they understand how we use it, how you use it. For what reason? And, and there will be a lot of discussion now um, by vertical industry, by use case on how data should be used. And there are many, many startups out there that can help with that. So uh, it's, it's really about dialogue, transparency, and awareness. Uh, uh, I like the uh, a quote that uh, Bart was putting in here uh, from Alvin Toeffler. I'll let you read it out, Bart, if you wouldn't mind. Hello. 
Are you un unmute you? <laughs> hi, hi, hi. Um, so Elvin Toffler, he uh, wrote his book in the 80s, Future Shock, and he said like the uh, illiterates of the 21st century will not those... Um, it will not be those that can't read and can't um, write, but it will be those that can't learn, unlearn, and relearn. And the question of the 50-plus or the non-digital natives, they have to unlearn and relearn. And the question is, who is responsible for doing that? Is that uh, something they are responsible themselves, or is it something that a government needs to help them with? Um, I think we need to motivate these people more to feel more responsible about learning themselves because it's very similar to reading a book nowadays. That's an extremely good uh, um, point. I mean, one of the things I can say that, that we, we often talk about is that, you know, you also need to show people where they would have access to this kind of thing. So one of the things that actually made elements of AI so successful is that, you, you know, you, anyone can make something even great and put it online, but if nobody knows about it, it's not going to matter. So this is where a lot of the things that, that we did were, you know, uh, uh, we ended up having, uh, I think we've been featured in over 500 media articles around the world. Here in Finland, we've been uh, featured on television and local papers, media that these people are consuming. And this is why our numbers are so high. And this is why we have examples from this demographic saying, I read about you here or I heard about you here. So I think getting out into, into the kind of areas um, that these people that these people actually uh, know about. So this is part of the reason as well why we're going about uh, what we're doing in the way that we are with the EU rollout. We're actually going uh, as speaking individually with every single European country, getting on board people from government, a local university, and then people that might be able to help uh, with their own channels get the course out to people that are relevant to that specific country. Because otherwise, people aren't going to know about this. So that's a really um, important thing. And it's also important to provide things that are calibrated to that level. I think a lot of people are intimidated about AI specifically because they feel like it's gotten so far, it's gone so far beyond anything that they can, that they, that they know about that it's kind of pointless to try to catch up. And exactly to your point about learning and unlearning, it's not about catching up. It's about parachuting in and getting the context and being able to move forward. Um, Bart, you have another question. Maybe you just share it um, here with us. So um, I've read the uh, white papers uh, that were published a few months ago from the European Union uh, on AI and the strategy that Europe is following. Um, um, if you look at the, the global race for AI, which I don't like, but this is what is always uh, being uh, positioned there, that is a global race towards supremacy, supremacy in AI, then China has uh, no ethics, no data protection, quite a lot of capital. The US is driven by corporate investments, uh, and Europe is talking about ethics. <laughs> um, and we are not able to scale because we don't have that large market. Uh, we have our GDPR rules. But then when I read this white paper, uh, we are trying to play the same game. And for me, this doesn't fit. Like, we cannot be handicapped in that sense by playing the same game. We should develop a different strategy. I've been working that on healthcare, and, and it's based on open data and a new license model. But what is your position on how can we in Europe create a different world that is not perhaps based on data monetization, for example, that is based on very different business principles that keeps us ahead of everybody else, but is a very different 
set of rules that we would use. So how do you see that white paper and how can we differentiate? I disagree that there should be a race, uh, personally, and I also think Europe has a, a lot of strengths. But to your point, Megan, do you have any uh, insights on this? Well, I uh, just two things quickly. Uh, once one is that uh, I, 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 you know, I've given a lot of these talks alongside uh, uh, the professors, especially Temurus from the University of Helsinki. And the last time we were speaking at the EU, the point that he brought up was actually that uh, when, in terms of academia and the sort of really cutting edge research that's going on in AI, Europe is excelling. Uh, more so than, than other regions of the world in sort of publishing this latest research. So the problem here to solve is actually to get that translated into the, into the business context. But the thing about data privacy and the ethics holding Europe back, I'll, I'll go, you know, this is only my personal opinion, uh, back to the point that I made earlier about um, consumer demand actually forcing markets in the rest of the world to catch up. You know, when GDPR was published, uh, international companies had a choice. They could either completely uh, uh, isolate the European market and, and have a whole uh, ecosystem that services only that, or they can change their entire business to calibrate to GDPR demands. Um, and, and, and you're really seeing uh, Europe um, having a role here um, in being that benchmark and being that watermark for uh, consumer protection and, and standards. And I think that companies around the world are really going to be paying attention to that as well, based on, you know, educating the consumers and, and, and making this uh, a reality for people around the world. Right. Thank you very much. There are many comments. I am very happy to see that we are uh, we are going to talk uh, over the next weeks. Also, if you want to connect with uh, Elements of AI, we put the URL in uh, there. If you have more questions and want to connect with Megan, I'm sure we will find the right people to connect with you uh, within Reactor and Elements of AI. If you're a company, if you're a person, you can always take the class. You can always provide feedback as well. Uh, if you want to learn more about um, questions and answers that that, uh, preoccupied me and other 22 experts, of which one is Temu Ross, who is uh, one of the co-creators of Elements of AI. You can see his interview in the book I just published, which is called The Proust Questionnaire. You can get it on Amazon. I just wanted to uh, take away very quickly how to connect with us. You find us uh, in LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. We are happy to channel questions to Megan. Uh, next week, we are going to welcome uh, uh, Dr. Susan Wagner from Lufthansa. We're going to talk about transportation, uh, and it would be amazing to get your feedback. So please let us know how you uh, feel about this format. It's the first time we do it, so we want to learn and do it even better next time. Thank you so much for being with us today. Happy Friday and happy weekend. Yes, thank you very much. And, and thank you, Victoria, Bart, and everyone. Thank Next. you. Thank you very much for listening to Friday Facts AI and the post-COVID world. We hope you've enjoyed our session and we would love to stay in contact. Find the details in the show notes and just ping a message. We'll be back here next week. Mm -hmm.